That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Joker Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, I'm JC with my guy, Nestlemania. Let's get started. It's a couple weeks away from a horror show, apparently, folks. We should be scared. Oh, we're going to get there, baby, because uh, I'm sure we both have a lot of hot takes on that, but we're starting right here in the shine, much like our girl Mandy Rose always is in the shine. But you know what? Well, I'm going to start on Raw, Nestlemania, and... There was something, you know, I was watching this show, and man, the first hour and a half, I thought, was the drizzling shits. I was falling asleep. But it started to pick up as we got towards the end, and I, you might be surprised by this. Maybe you're not. Maybe you liked it, too. But my favorite part of wrestling this week was the Bobby Lashley-Ricochet match. I thought that match was a ton of fun. You had the mix of size and speed, which I think is always exciting. This is the kind of match I was looking for when Ricochet faced Brock Lesnar. Obviously, we didn't get it. We got a squash. But, I mean, obviously, Lashley's been on the big run, and he kind of had it stopped by that loss. And, you know, when you see a matchup like this, you just assume, oh, it's either going to be a squash or whatever. But it's like, can Bobby Lashley compete with it? And I thought these two had a fantastic chemistry. And WrestleMania, I don't know about you, but I'd be willing to watch this again. You know what's funny? I actually had this high up on my, my shine as well. I did not expect to be as entertained by it because of what preceded it. I thought, okay, well, we're not going to talk about that particular matchup. But I was just like, okay. Like, they had a, they had a funny backstage segment, which was, you know, made me giggle. And then it just like the fact that they came to the rescue, and then all of a sudden we come back from a commercial break and it's Lashley versus uh, Ricochet. I was like, wow, okay, I don't think I've seen this match. And if I have, it's been far enough away from my mind that I, it seems newish to me, so I'm okay with it. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh, okay, finally, Lashley's just going to beat the shit out of him. Like, he was doing it the whole match. And, of course, in, and in Ricochet fashion, he goes in and does, you know, what Ricochet does, pew, 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 all over the place, and <laughs> bounces back into a baby face little comeback there. And I was, I was excited. I was like, okay, cool. Like, not, not a three-minute splodge. Like, he was still dominant. He did, he, it was a competitive match. It wasn't a jobber match. It was a competitive match. But, like, Ricochet did a good enough job to, like, really sell the girth and really excel the, like, the stature and strength of Lashley. And I always love watching him. He's not technically a little guy, I guess, but he's, like, he seems little in comparison to Lashley. So it was fun for me to be like, okay, like, I haven't seen him in a while. He doesn't seem like he's overexposed. And he, the problem that I think going forward for him, and we've talked about this at Nausea on this program, He's so good in that role that he just had on Monday night yep. that, unfortunately, he might be, that might be his role regardless of whatever he can do. Yeah, so. no, I think he's definitely, like, probably the next, like, generation hero is, like, Dolph Ziggler, where he's so good at that, where he could get stuck there. I just think there is a little something extra with Ricochet, and they really want to tap into it with the superhero stuff. There might be a little more legs for him, um, but one part of the match that I really loved was when he blocked the full Nelson, because it's not really something we've seen yet, um... 
from especially from a little guy to be able to see that. I think it's something to, you know to maybe watch going forward that maybe his boy Apollo could take notice of. But there was just little stuff like that, the little nuanced of the match. I was like, that was a really a lot of fun to watch, and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, go for it. No, I was going to say I, I didn't. I didn't disagree with you at all, and I think that there's a uh, there's certain hints of certain things. I just think that. I'm not necessarily excited about Apollo, but I thought, okay, like there's there's truth, there's Apollo, there's uh, Cedroche, as you said, there's enough guys to go up against MVP, and uh, lastly, that I could see some type of big conglomerate going up against some big Avengers kind of thing going forward if they have to really maximize maximize you know time of people being in the ring. So. Does that mean your boy the Vink and uh, Shane Thorne might come back, former MVP boys, for one night? I hope so. They need a, They look. They need a lower lower level tag team to, to rough out the uh, MVP Lashley, you know, dynamic. I think that the Vinkster and uh, the other guy, is, <laughs> they're fine. And uh, you know, you know, it's funny. The reason you're laughing is because you know I had such a hard on for Shane Thorne back in the day. And now I can't even fucking remember his name half the time. So the yeah, Vink I is remember the man. When they the came, you were like, you were all what are they? TM six one. Like you were all about them. Yeah. And they they were impressive, but obviously they just. You know, they got injuries, and they never really got... I think it was actually Thorne who got injured originally, and then he came back, and the other guy got injured, and there you go. That was the end of that, but... Yeah, yeah. many years ago. What else did you like from Raw? Uh, well, first off, I just say, right off the bat of Raw, when I turned in and shit was happening, I went, whoa, what is this? What is this? And I thought, hey, you know, I like this shit. I like not knowing what I'm going to tune into. I like not knowing... When I tune in, I'm not going to have, like, I hate having to deal with, like, the first five minutes of SmackDown or the first five minutes of Raw, it's just like, <sighs> I can miss it. I can go take a dump, I can go get food, I can go talk to my wife, and I'll come back in five to ten minutes when something actually fucking happens. And this time, people beat each other up already. I love that shit. It felt chaotic. It felt great. I thought having Asuka and, and Bailey and, and, and just Sasha all beating each other up, like, that was great. And then, of course, you know, it kicks to the double contract setting, which I'm not necessarily in love with, but I'll give them props for whatever they did because it was different. But it's, it, like, little things here and there, like, weaving in one promo from the Zulina boys going into Seth Rollins and Murphy backstage, like, it felt less rigid. It felt less cookie-cutter. It felt less edited, it felt more like a kind of cohesive show at certain points. Now there was dog shit too in between, but there were certain points about Raw that I was like, okay, I'm not going to get this all the way through for three hours, but I applaud them because it made me feel like, okay, not a lot is there in terms of like meat on the bone, in terms of viewing, but at least it made me go, you know what, they're trying, and they're doing something different, and from a positive standpoint, I thought as a viewer, it made me go, okay, I have a little bit more belief in that whatever they have going forward is going to be decent enough because they thought a little bit more and more. And it might be with the changing of the guards, like we talked about, and I'm hoping that's part of it. But I think that there, you can see it, too. Like, things are starting to click into certain, you know, spots, and, and people are starting to get their footing a little bit because it, it, it's taken everybody a little longer to kind of weather the storm of whatever we're going through. Yeah, and um, I, I definitely think there were some highlights around. This was something that when I first saw the brawl, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Like the Dolph McIntyre thing, like it obviously seems like a foregone conclusion that Drew's going to win. But I kind of am enjoying this, like Dolph getting stepped on by everyone because even Sasha it obviously led to a mixed tack later in the night. She's like 
saying, Dolph, like, oh, try to keep up with me. Bailey's like, don't blow it for him. It, it kind of, it's a different dynamic, and I actually kind of liked it. And I was expecting to, like, you know, be like, oh, mixed tag main event. Like, this won't be that fun. But I actually really thought the match was entertaining. Um, obviously, Sasha got the pin off the reversal of the Oscar lock. But I just, like, Sasha at one point stepped up to Drew. Like, there was a lot of good stuff in here. And then this was something that, one of those things that when they advertised it, I was like, this this is going to be horrible. And then they actually pulled it off. So, yeah, I do. I agree with a lot of your points there. It's like the show did seem like it wasn't as forced and as like edited and heavily done this week. And I thought it gave it more of that raw feel that we're supposed to have. And obviously I think a lot of the credit goes to, I think Sasha and Bailey have literally been doing incredible work the last few weeks. They've been so entertaining. Uh, we know they can go in the ring. Um, Sasha's healthy. She looks better than she's ever looked, I think. And they're, they're doing a great job. And obviously McIntyre, I think, is doing a good job. I think him and Ziggler match is going to be good. So I think this was a strong way to start and end the show, despite being very different from what we're normally seeing. And I think that's good, like you said. So going forward, if we, uh, we try to predict, as uh, people usually call me Municipal Thomas, uh, you think we can predict the, uh, the stipulation that Dolph Ziggler will pick for Extreme Rules? Because I think it would make sense to do a ladder match, but I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't. It's so weird with extreme rules. Like, I feel like it's gonna be something like, I don't know, because they obviously already have the the super gimmick going with um the other world title match, but they haven't really advertised the true extreme rules match yet. I don't know if it'll get this, but I just feel like it might be simpler. I hope it isn't a cage because I think um, McIntyre can look great, like using all his space with Ziggler. Um, really, really showing off his power and his speed and everything. But uh, I don't know. I I ladder match. I never really thought of that would be interesting. But I think it's. I think we're going to be disappointed. It's going to be more of just like a cookie cutter no DQ match. I think is what we're getting at. Gross. Yeah, I think it'll still Gross. be good because I think. I mean, we know Ziggler can sell like a champ, and McIntyre is on fire. This this is all about Drew McIntyre, man. Ziggler literally came to Raw to make Drew look like a million bucks before he gets fed to Brock Lesnar again. You know. Hey, Brock Lesnar comes back for SmackDown. Just kidding. He comes back for only one thing. He comes back for what? Big payday? You think he's going to come back before the pandemic's over? I don't even think so. Maybe SummerSlam if we're lucky, but I doubt it. He might want that SummerSlam payday, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he is involved in that show in some capacity. But uh, we should move on here. And um, the other thing, thing that I really liked from Raw was, you know, we complain a lot. I know we talk with our boy TJ about this because NXT does a good job with, like, having a woman's undercard and always having feuds going. Whereas Raw and SmackDown normally don't have that because it's, you know, a lot of the top stars. But we've seen the last few weeks that Raw's woman's undercard actually has a little life, obviously, not thrilled with the Natalia Lana thing, but you need opponents for the people who are getting some time, and one of those is Ruby Riot. She had a little backstage interaction with the Iconics, which I enjoyed because the Iconics obviously are great. And uh, Ruby's finally getting some chance to shine again. Uh, she challenges them to a match, and uh, it was pretty much, I saw you say on Twitter, jobber alert to get her boy Ray fired up, because uh, Peyton Royce did beat her handily. That like spinny winny uh, powerbomb, whatever she did there, was fucking great. Um, but, you know, I just like the overall theme that we're getting some sort of story here. They're clearly building Ruby and Liv back together in some capacity, which I think is exciting. Um, the only downfall is um, I saw some people throwing out stats out there. Ruby Riot's like 0 for 11 in the last, like, 14 months, which isn't great. But, hey, if you're building it in a story some way, I think it's effective. She's the true elevator. She's the one elevating all this talent and losing and losing and losing. Apparently. You know, you know, the one thing you did slide out, and I know we don't normally know, uh, say these things in the shine because, you know, it's, we save this for the heat. But, you know, Lana was there. That was a thing. Um, yeah. And 
I wanted to, I, I just wanted to put, I don't know where else to put this because I, I don't think I'm going to go off on a tangent, but I should have bricked JC when I found out that the most wins by a woman ever is Natty. I mean, it makes sense. She like literally Give it's me a longevity, break. man. It's longevity. She's been around forever, forever. I am surprised. I wonder. She I doesn't win you, a lot. I, I, hey, you know what? You know what? They also probably don't tell you. She probably has the most losses too. Uh, if I were a, uh, yeah, I'd say she's probably up there because <laughs> just again, if TJ, if TJ's listening right now, I hope TJ's looking it up and telling me. I hope he finds out somewhere on Pro Wrestling Database or something. He can find out the cumulative win loss record. That'd be great. If anybody out there can tell me, let me know. Yeah, um, I, I would most say, wins. hey, it, you know what? A stat's a stat, man. Longevity is part of it. Hey, you know what? That's why Barry Sanders is in the all-time leading rusher. Didn't have the longevity. Emmett Smith did, so Emmett Smith is the greatest running back of all time. So maybe Natalia is the greatest of all time. I can't even say it with a straight face. You can't even say it. You can't even say it. Oh. You're, you're terrible. Don't, don't con- Are you saying that Natty is the Barry? I was going to say Barry Bonds. So Larry Sanders. <laughs> Of wrestling, that's so no, bad. Sorry. No, uh, I would say I would guess if there was a list, I would think that uh, Charlotte and Becky are probably catching up to her just with the volume of wins that they got, have gotten in their time. But I don't know. Like, who knows? Bailey could even be there too. I mean, I feel like Bailey hasn't lost in like two years. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's just something that, that harkened to me. I went, oh boy. I mean, oh, it's one of those boy. things. I bet if you look at the win percentage, like you said, it is. Uh, it is not very good. No, no. What else did you got for this really, week? I, I was, I was going to say, I really don't have a lot more on the program that I was excited about. Should we go to SmackDown? Besides our truths amazing backstage promo <laughs> with uh, Rick Rickard, what did he call him? He called him uh, Richard Shea. He it's called him Cedric the Entertainer, and he called yeah. him like Rick, Reg, Rigid O. Shea, I don't know. I thought he said Rigid, Rigid. O. Shea. Yeah, something ridiculous. I just uh, he is he as as dumb as that title is. Like our truth, there is a reason for him to be on my TV every week. You know. Yeah, I mean that's that's really a footnote to everything. But I just I would go I would go super fucking heat. Let's just light the candle. You don't. You don't want to talk about any SmackDown positivity. None. You have zero. Say that again. You have zero positivity for SmackDown. Not one. Well, I'll transition us there then, because you know what, Nestle. And I don't know. Maybe you're gonna shit on this, but I'm super fucking excited for the Swamp Match, man. I think this could be a lot of fun. Um, they've obviously WWE, I think, is uh, do have done very well with these cinematic type matches and uh, Braun and Bray like in a swamp. Man, what couldn't they do here? I think this has endless potential. Uh huh. You hate hey we you we hated the idea of the boneyard match too. If you look back in our archives, one of our episodes is called uh, "WTF is a boneyard," and look how that turned out. It's the fucking greatest thing ever. So you know what? Swamp you, match. Sign me up. You want it? You know what? This is this is where we teeter. This is where we go. We we're on the fence, baby. We're gonna go teetering right ass over tea kettle. Pass over tea kettle right into heat. You ready? Yeah, let's hear it. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Now, granted, Braun Strowman's promo was actually really good. And I thought he regurgitated whatever you know script was shoved up his ass, and it was fine, and it was good. He did a good job memori- you know, memorizing whatever. And he sold it. But then they come out and say non-title match. It's a foregone conclusion. Non-title match. Like, you didn't. You could have left it open-ended until we saw the actual end result. We didn't need to know. You know what I mean? To me, that when you say non-title, you've already you've already you've made me not give a shit. And honestly, House of Horrors match we shit on, right? 
we shit all over this that. This isn't a House of Horrors match. It's a swamp it's match. It's a baby. horror show. It doesn't matter. can a horror show in a swamp be? It's going to be fantastic. You know what? Yeah, I didn't love that I, they said no title either, but I just think that this match is going to be fucking awesome. And clearly there's going to be some sort of weird reason why they can't do it. Maybe Bray wins. Maybe this is how Bray gets a title shot. I don't know. That's the WWE way of booking. But What is, what is, is Braun Strowman going to fall into the swamp where there's toxic well, okay. waste? Hold on. Hold thing? on, Nestlemania. Hold on. Because your favorite thing from this year was the Firefly Funhouse match, which wasn't even a match. It was a lot of really cool like packages, like time warpy thing. Then it just ended in the rain. Like The swamp match could be something like that. You know what? Maybe that's why they didn't put a title on it. So it could be, that, Hopefully, it could be look, something like that. I, I, I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. But when it comes to Bray Wyatt, the old swamp character, I don't give a shit. I don't. Well, you're in the minority. You are fake news. I am you a are minority. Sad. That's okay. Get, right. get you off my TV. Right. Get you off my TV. Get your opinion off my program. <laughs> Listen, don't fire me up. Don't fire me up. I'm already agitated. All right. Well, uh, All right. you're already agitated. Then uh, shall we uh, talk about the rest of SmackDown? Uh, I believe there was, I was an say, eight-man tag. You're going to have chapped-ass nestle. That's what I'm going to end up becoming. Very chapped-ass nestle because I'm going to be so pissed off about I, I look, they give us the boon yell on SmackDown, whatever. Like, they had to do something because of what's going on in Florida, whatever. Like, I, I'll leave that alone. That's fine, whatever. But the fact that they just parade The Undertaker around and drag his imaginary, you know, like, character so Baron Corbin can shit on him, which again would be great if Baron Corbin could beat The Undertaker. Corbin did a but great job, I thought, in that promo. He did a great job. But it leads to nothing. It leads to nowhere. And you know what it is? And everybody's going to sit there going, well, maybe someday the Undertaker comes back. We don't want the Undertaker to come back unless Baron Corbin's going to beat him. And the Undertaker's not going to let someone like Baron Corbin beat him. And you know what the Undertaker would come back for? Just to do a fucking choke slam on Baron Corbin to talk so much shit, which is stupid and idiotic, and I hate it. But then you have Jeff Hardy painted like, you know, the ghost of Christmas past, come flying off, you know, guns blazing, talking about the Undertaker as a mentor, and yada, 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 yada. Leading up to the match at the end, but the fucking babyface is have to do all sorts of bullshit, yada yada yada, and they all reminisce about how great the Undertaker is. Like the whole thing was rubbed and weaved to the Undertaker, which again is fine. But let's face it, folks: if he's gone, let's move on. If he's not, then whatever you just did was for nothing. It was bullshit. It was stupid. It was such a waste of two hours, in my opinion. Everything about SmackDown, in my opinion was a lame-ass attempt at two hours of wrestling. It wasn't even that good. It wasn't. So for anybody to sit here and tell me anything like SmackDown was good, you have rose-tinted rose glasses is what you have. Because you, I'm probably talking to somebody like Ray, because Ray can only skip the positivity on this one. But you can't tell me anything like SmackDown was worth your time. Not more than two minutes. No, why? More. You know why? WrestleMania, I found the problem. Your favorite wrestler, Mandy Rose, wasn't on SmackDown. That's why you hated it. It was. It was a horrible you know show. It was a waste of time. You know what? A complete waste you know of time. What? There was an eight-man tag. Fucking Nikki Cross run the number one contender, so we get another fucking rerun. I feel like that just happened. And then literally, it was all Undertaker. It was garbage. Straight garbage. Throw it in the trash. Burn the trash. Take the ashes. Throw them in the fucking space. I don't know. Just get it out. I get it out of here. Zero, Mandy. Zero, Sonya Deville. Yep. Zero. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Yep. Zero. No AJ, no Daniel Bryan. There was obviously a lot of extenuating circumstances, I think, obviously, with SmackDown, with what went on last week. But at the same time, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The show was a waste of time. Like, literally, there was nothing from there that I care about that did anything that moved forward, anything that I care about. That doesn't make sense, but I don't give a shit. Neither did SmackDown. <laughs> 
Yep. Honestly, that, I, I was I was going. Please, Raw. Please don't be like this. Please yeah, thank don't God. be like SmackDown. Yeah, because I was. We're going to talk about it at the end. Obviously, I was like, man, we're going to have a whole podcast talking about Fighter Fest and Great American Bash if if Raw doesn't come through. Because literally, SmackDown. Like, uh, I'm done talking about SmackDown. I got nothing else to say. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to Raw, where there's plenty of shit to talk about. Oh yeah, well I'll kick us off because uh, there was one big theme on Raw, which uh, really took up a lot of space. Uh, and that is, well, it's the big show. It's the big bad snorting night. Yes, I'm excited for Randy Orton to fucking legend kill, punt him in the fucking head. But God almighty, I did not need the big show in about 15 different segments. Fucking arguing with the Zelina boys for some reason. Because, you know, yeah, what do you do? Oh, the tag team that you're building up to be number one contenders? Feed them to the fucking big show. And just, like, it's just, come on. And then so they, those guys beat the Viking Raiders separately. But big shows, it just, like, there was so much crap. And I feel like everything this week that the big show touched went to shit. Yeah, I'm piggybacking off of that. You know, I'm not going to, you know, take a big dump on the big show because he's the big dump anyway. It doesn't really matter. But uh, he is a legend. He is a Hall of Famer, yada, 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 whatever. I love that respect aside. He, he, he just, he's, he's just a big shit stain on my television. But, you know, uh, the, the one thing that was a head-scratcher for me was that the Zelina boys were there in multiple segments. And in both matches, they both turned on each other, run out and came back. And it's just like, I get that we're trying to have some type of, you know, division between each other, or, you know, dissension or whatever, but it just, it just didn't ring true. It didn't come off like it was, like, they must have drew it up differently. It just didn't feel to me like, I don't know, like, I just, something didn't transpire through the, through the lens of the camera to my eyeballs from the television. Like, it just felt like whatever they were selling, I couldn't buy it. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt off. And I know that they're trying to be like, because I, I, I get the whole, like, winning cures everything kind of mentality that's going on and whatever. But you had Ric Flair come backstage, and I'd be like, I got an idea. And, you know, they're like, you guys are on fire. And it's like, wait a minute, are they on fire? Or are they just winning by the hair of their ass? You know, so it just, part of it just seemed a little, like, Again, rough around the edges, didn't make a lot of sense from a viewership standpoint, and I'm thinking to myself, I want Zelina Vega to have those tag titles around her or, you know, her guys. I think that that'd be a good, you know, place to start or re, you know, restart the division. And it's just, I, I want to cheer or I want to see them on my television, but I don't want it too much. But I just, I don't know, it just, I don't know about you, but just some disconnect there for me. Yeah, no, it is weird because, like I said, like they're clearly pushing them to be the next contenders for the Street Profits Championships, but they have all this dissension. It just it's it's very convoluted, and uh, I don't love it, dude. I don't love it. So yeah, I just I'm not I'm not in it because I just I think it is it's too discombobulated and all over the place and uh, not doing it for me. You know what's not doing it for me? Yeah, a lot of things. Let's hear it. Oh, that was mean. Well, it's so, I'm, I'm talking about Raw, dude. This is fucking rerun city with what we haven't talked about yet. All right, here we go. Ready? I am Dominic. <laughs> Dad, I love you. I understand. He was F-A. the best part of that segment, man. And that's not no, saying he much. wasn't. Yes, he was. That segment don't was even. trash. Don't, don't even. Dominic is the future. Was the only part of that segment that didn't put me to sleep. He was the only part. Dominic. Might as well be an IBM computer from 1957, if they even exist back then. He was atrocious. Oh, His um, emoticon, he was so bad. And he rubbed off on his old man. He was sitting there 
regurgitating the same bullshit of eye an eye for an eye, I'm coming back, yada, 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 and I have to do what I have to do. Seth Rollins was at least a crazy lunatic messiah guy being like, I'm asking for an apology for what I haven't done yet. And I went, okay, at least it pushed, not very far, but it pushed it forward. And then we get the stupid, you know, not via satellite bullshit. Every time I see Dominic, I think to myself, wow, wow. He could he could be the second coming of Chris Jericho. He has zero charisma. He is a wet napkin, a wet towel. He literally makes nothing mean anything. Like he just talks, and I think to myself, I hear Charlie Brown's teacher, wah 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 wah. That's what I hear when Dominic talks. You have, you have such a hard on for hating this kid. Like he literally no, he's I don't. So like it, it just it, it's not. Come on, like this. This was trash overall. Like, yeah, Seth, I, like I said, I'm enjoying Seth's character work right now. But like I said last week, this feud means nothing until Seth gets in the ring with Ray or Dominic. Like, we're there. The problem is we're weeks away from a pay-per-view, so they're fucking doing this remote satellite bullshit. And you're saying that fucking Dominic rubbed off on Ray? Uh-uh, it's the other way around, buddy. Ray Mysterio? Fucking not a great promo most of the time. So, if anything, Dominic is already this good in spite of his father. Oh, Jesus. What an apologist. You are an apologist. No, I'm kid. just you just going yes, you're you going are. too far with it. You're going no, too not. far with the Dominic hate. Listen, listen, listen. You know why people are you, you want to watch him on television so that we can make fun of him. That's why they want him on the No, cuz he's the, he's the second coming, you know. He's going to be the next big thing in like 5 years. Maybe he is. Maybe he is, but guess what? Just like his old man as you just stated, he is going to be when he opens his mouth vanilla extract. Nothing. You're such a hater. No, no, I'm not. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me, tell me, seriously, JC, tell me that I'm wrong, that Dominic can actually emote something. He He literally, he said emote. The fact that out of all this shit that happened between this, you're not focusing on the fucking rerun of Seth and Murphy versus Humberto and Black for the 18th million time. You're focusing on the dude in the segment who said six fucking words. God. You're ridiculous. Listen, listen, potato, potato. What I mean here is, is that Shimmy Shimmy actually looks pretty good in that match. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, he ate his 15th pin in a row. Yeah, well, whatever. Wins and losses don't matter, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah, they they should. Welcome welcome to Who's Rosin anyway, where the storylines are made up and the pins don't matter. That's exactly how I feel. Like, it just doesn't matter. Nothing, Nothing matters. Not one thing. The only thing that's effective is a Claymore and a... Oh, Nelson. Everything else is three hours. I mean, shit. Uh, you the are... The end. Well, we had a new champion on Raw. Your boy, R-Truth. Yeah, 37 times. Good for him. I think the guy did a great job, but that, that, that ship has sailed, I guess. Yeah, I, don't, I just... It's more of the same with this. I don't... I don't know. I have nothing to add there. Is there anything else from the shows that we haven't talked about that I uh, forgot? I'm looking very quickly. Hold on, hold on. Um... I don't believe so, because MVP talked a lot, and that was a thing. But Yeah, I thought, honestly, I think MVP was one of the better parts of Raw. I mean, the match, whatever, I could have done without, because I've seen it. Um, and it was weird that he got the win, but it's clearly part of the story. But, again, like I think MVP is maximizing his minutes, and he's getting a lot of minutes. But I think that's a big reason why you've come around on Lashley is because of him. So, uh, I think he deserves praise, not heat. I just, I don't, I don't, the longer he wrestles, the more I think it's absurd. Well, I the, when I when I we've seen him wrestle, it's usually for him to eat a pin. That's why it was so weird that he actually got the win here. But I guess it's one of those things. It's like you know you can't have the guy go out and lose every time, or else you never take him seriously. And 
I mean, I'm assuming this is leading to a Lashley Cruz match, but who the fuck knows? We don't know. Who knows? Maybe MVP will be. I mean, so I'm going to be so mad if Bobby Lashley gets saddled with the U.S. title. I'm uh, so he's mad. Saddled. Put some respect on the U.S. title's name. Did you know that blah 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 Hall of Famers held the U.S. title? Or whatever the fuck Michael Colo says. <laughs> you can't even do it. You can't even get to it. Uh, the United States Championship is a basic. It's the home plate championship. It looks like home plate from baseball. It's been the ugliest title they've had for years. It's never really meant anything, except for when Cena had it for the Open Challenge. It's just It's a, a better-looking title than race. any of those fucking red strap titles or the fucking green titles, so... It's, it's the ugliest title they have right now. That is not true. Have you seen the fucking Raw Tag Team titles? Those things are fucking atrocious. Eh. Thank you, next. Eh. Glorious! You are my only hope. Let's go. You want my hope? Yeah, let's see. Unless you want me to go, because I'm prepared and you're not, clearly. No, I'm prepared. Here's my hope. Since you said I was such a whiner about the Swamp thing, here's what I want. This is what I want. I want the Swamp Horror Show to actually be good. I want Ray Wyatt to take Braun Strowman into the Swamp, submerge him, and we don't know what happens to him. That's it. That's how it needs to end. He needs to not come out of the swamp. Leave question marks. Leave, is he gone? Is he gone forever? Will he come back the same? Is he still the Universal Champion? What are we going to do? Tune in next week to find out if he's the swamp thing. Tune in, you know, tune in next week if we have to give up the, United, the uh, Universal Championship to a fair tournament. Give an open-ended thing for the horror show, and you'll have me hooked. Otherwise, if this is just going to be some stupid thing where he just does something with a bunch of people that are going to be his flock sitting there, and he just says, he got the whole world in his hands, and then Braun Strowman just kneels down and, and dies, or whatever. They, they, they could be doing too many different things, sacrificial, I don't know. But I just, I, you got to have an in, inquiry at the end there, where, like, what's going to happen? You have to leave it open-ended, like, he's gone, he's vanished. Okay, so Braun's not around. What happens? Like, to me, that's the only way you can come out of this thing. And if you don't, then it's shit. It's stupid. Oh, my God. Because you are fucking... Ah. Oh, God. Tell me I'm wrong. You tell are wrong. You're shitting on something. You don't even know what it is yet. They're little, this is the same shit we were saying about the Boneyard, and we were so fucking wrong. So let it play out, bro. Let it play out. Listen. You're listen. using your hope to fucking shit on something. You are unbelievable today. Unbelievable, hold on. I say. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't shit on it. I said my hope is it's not shitty. Here's how to not make it shitty. Oh my God. That's my hope. Don't make it shitty by using my idea. Ugh, you, you are just, you are, you are on something today. I, let me tell you that. Let me tell you what. Poor TJ's yeah. going to be in for it when we talk about his show later. Oh, no. Oh, no. TJ and his NXT. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, you know what, Nestlemania? My hope is about NXT because I was watching uh, fucking Jesus. SmackDown and Raw this week and I'm like, there ain't much for me to be fucking hopeful about except for fucking Sasha and Bailey, and I did that last week. So you know what? My hope is about the NXT Championship. Not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, Keith Lee, what, what? Gets an opportunity against Adam Cole. And Keith Lee, this man has been on the lips and hearts of everyone in wrestling since fucking Survivor Series and before. And, you know, he, they gave him the nice North American title, which one of the more better-looking championships, but it doesn't hold the same prestige as the championship in NXT. So you know what Keith Lee deserves? Keith Lee deserves to be the one to end Adam Cole's historic reign and win the NXT championship. Obviously, that would make him a double champion, um, but, uh, you know, there's always ways for you to lose one along the way, but 
Even if it's a short reign, I think it's something Keith Lee deserves, is to be on top of the mountain. He deserves to be the baby face that overcomes Adam Cole and ends that reign. And yeah, so that is my hope. Keith Lee winning the NXT Championship. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. Can I amend my hope to having more Io Shirai Twitter promos like that? Oh my god, that was fantastic. Just saying. Yeah, Io's pretty great. And we're going to talk about her in a little I, bit. We will. I'm just, I'm just saying that when I saw that, I went, uh, yep, Desiree, she's my favorite. Is that all you did? So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> They've been here for years. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, da. Through the darkness, they will rise. I'm giving it to my favorite tag team on Raw, Cedro Shea. Well, co-favorite tag team on Raw with the Street Profits. But I love Cedro Shea. I was so excited when I saw them pop up in the backstage saying with Apollo and Truth. Little did I know I'd get way more Cedro Shea in the same night. And never mind my favorite match of the week. So there's no duo more deserving of my comeback than Cedro Shea this week. My comeback this week goes to the 17-time, although they say 16, 17-time world champion Ric Flair for coming out, braving the elements, and coming and he was on task, doing exactly what he said about Randy Orton. He's like, I'm doing Randy's lightweight. And Randy Orton is this, Randy Orton is that. Didn't talk about himself once. He talked about Randy the entire time. I went, this guy must be on his medication. This guy must be not crazy. This guy has a coherent thought. He's one of the best ever on the mic anyway, and he just proves again. Like, to me, I was like, Randy Orton's not there, but Ric Flair's doing some good stuff. So for me, it reminded me how good Ric Flair was, and I really enjoyed that portion of Raw when I was like, hey, when Flair's on my TV, I actually didn't mind. So Ric Flair, you are the best ever anyway, but you get my comeback this week because mm, you haven't had a good promo in a long time. So this is, to me, I thought it was a stellar promo. I like that comeback because obviously it's one of those things where, you know, obviously with everything going on in the world, you see Ric Flair showing up and you're like, why is he there? But he, may, like you said, there was a nice reason for it and he did a good job. Should we get to the big old finish? Oh, please do. So, uh, one, two, three, blah, blah, blah. Maybe the soundboard will be back soon, uh, hopefully, but it is not right now. So you get to deal with my stupid shit. But we're going to talk about Fighter Fest Night 1, Great American Bash Night 1, which will be on Wednesday night. But before we do that, you should head over to Jobbernaka.com. And, you know, Jobbernaka.com is a great website because we have NXT and AEW Full coverage on the weekly from our boys TJ and the Joe Stopper, um, as well as all sorts of specialty articles. Uh, TJ's really been pumping them out during this pandemic, so uh, carrying the load on the website. Uh, so make sure you check out all those. There's tons of great stuff. Uh, you can catch some of them in the featured column as well. Um, also, uh, give us five stars, five flames here on however you're listening to the podcast, whether it's uh, iTunes, uh, Anchor, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. You know, we appreciate it. That's uh, It helps us a lot uh, with what's, everything that's going on right now. Also, uh, Twitter, at Jobberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at BillyD2411, at Joe Pollock 47 at TJ of the JK, and at The Real Deal B. Cox. Facebook, Jobberknocker, Instagram, Jobberknocker, because we're everywhere you want to be on social media, Adam. Who the fuck is Adam? You are. You know what? Would you want to? I'll let you choose. I'm in a good mood, and you're clearly not. So I'm going to let you choose. Fighter Fest or Great American Bash? Where do you want to go first? I'd like to start with Fighter Fest for 100, Bob. All right, let's do that. And we are only going to go over uh, this Wednesday's uh, portion of the card. We will cover next week's part two of these two events next week. So if you don't hear the match you're looking for, it's because it's not this week, idiot. Uh, sorry to be condescending. <laughs> we love you guys. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, start off um, with a tag team match of. Kenny Omega 
and Adam Hanman Page taking on the best friends for the tag team titles. Um, Omega and Page have had these for a while. Best friends have been number one contenders, I feel like, as long as they've had the titles, just haven't had the match. But we're finally getting it here in Fighter Fest Night 1, WrestleMania. One, who wins? And two, are you excited for this match? Not even in the least. Wow. I think that this is a foregone conclusion that Hangman Page and Kenny Omega retain. Now, because I said that, they'll probably lose. So I, hope I don't so. know how you're going to square it. I don't know how to square this away with your bookie, but uh, <laughs> pick whatever way your heart goes. Don't listen to me, folks, because clearly, as TJ has reminded me, JC, Ray Ray, DQ, and everybody else, Joe Stopper, Billy, everybody, my brother, the neighbors, the dogs, they all tell me I'm wrong. So you know what? I'm going to go with my heart saying that, uh, you know, Kenny Omega will win because Kenny Omega always finds a way to win. Well, they need to get these championships off these two, in my opinion, because they have so many good tag teams. They talk about how great of a division they have, but then they have two stars who can't get along as their fucking champions. It's literally the WWE booking. I'm not even a best friends guy. I mean, the only interesting thing, part of them is Orange Cassidy, and he's not part of the tag team. Those guys are just along for the ride. I'm sorry. I don't get... Trent's a great wrestler, but I don't give a fuck about him. But that being said, I hope they win, and they're my pick to win. Hmm. Next up, we have the TNT Championship. It's Dynamite. Cody Rhodes versus Jake Hager. WrestleMania, this match, I'm sure Cody will do his best to make it good, but Jake Hager, I think, has been a snore in AEW. I think Cody will retain. What about you? Well, I would think that Cody just got it, so Cody won't lose it until he gets the actual belt that was made. So, Cody Rhodes. Anything else to add? Just the pick? Cool. No, because honestly, I, 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 I just, I've never been a Jack Swagger guy. So I just, I, I always hate when JR's like, he's such a hoss. He's such a stud. Like, yes, he is. But you know what he's done with that? Nothing. Sometimes potential turns into poop. And that's where you get Jake Hager. That's all I have to say. No, I think that's really good analysis. Because he's a guy that when I see him, it's like, I really want to like him. And I'm excited about the idea of him. Then I fucking watch him. I'm like, this guy sucks. It's it's. It is, so I, I'm with you 100%. Next up, we have the AEW Women's Championship, where Hikaru Shida takes on Penelope Ford. Now, Nestlemania, these are absolutely two of my favorite in the AEW uh, Women's Division. Um, I think they're both fantastic. I think this match will be fine. But obviously, it's a foregone conclusion that Shida's going to retain. Yeah, I think we'd all shit a brick at Penelope Ford one, right? So let's just move on. Shida's great. Shida has to have some type of tomato can. Unfortunately, the tomato can name, Penelope Ford. It's a good-looking tomato can, though. Uh, Next up, we have Jurassic Express taking on the duo of MJF and Wardlow. This has been a feud they've uh, had going for a while. Um, It'll be exciting to see uh, Luchasaurus and Wardlow uh, staring each other down. But uh, obviously, MJF, here's the thing about him. He doesn't lose. So give me MJF and Wardlow. It's true. He doesn't lose. And can we get another name than Wardlow? It just sounds so... He is like, going to be the ultimate strike. fucking jobber when he when he breaks off with MJF. <laughs> he is. There's nothing. Like, think about it. Like, MJF, you go to yourself, okay, Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman. Kind of strikes fear, or you just, he's some pompous asshole. But if you're like, you have to face Wardlow. Like, it doesn't, it, it, I, I can't do it. I, I, there's nothing about that name that strikes. He actually looks like a badass. But the name doesn't translate. It's like. It's like he might as well be called Powder Puff. Like it just, <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me how he looks like he's a million dollars should be on a poster, but the name is fluff. It doesn't make any sense. 
It doesn't. But you're give still me, picking him to win, right? MJ, MJF, MJF could be Jurassic Express by himself. Because Marco Stunt, could, he can get squashed. It's fine. Well, I don't even think he's in the match. I'm assuming it's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So. He'll, he'll, he'll be an ankle biter, and then, you know, Luchasaurus will do a fucking backflip off the stage again, and then, you know, Jungle Boy will eat a pin because he's Jungle Boy at the end. That's it. That's all that happens. It's true. Uh, next up, we have our private party taking on Santana and Ortiz, proud and powerful. Um, Nestlemania, who you got in this one? I really enjoy both teams. I think they're very talented. This is the crux of the tag division that I enjoy watching when I get to see it. Uh, I think both deserve a championship shot. I think both of them need a shot. But I think going forward, uh, especially with how I can foresee things moving out, whether it's best friends or Kenny Omega and Hangman Page winning, I think Santana and Ortiz have to be the next in line because I think they're just, those are the guys that need the championships uh, because I think that uh, it makes the inner circle look better after, you know, Jericho losing. So I think, I think I want to see Santana on Ortiz with the rocket strap right now. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I think they, um, they're a good pick and they're, they're a team that I've been very impressed with since they showed up in AEW. They've obviously uh, been working with everyone, I think doing a great job and they just really haven't had that chance to run with the titles yet. But there's the Matt Hardy factor in this match, and he is teamed with Private Party, and I think he is going to help Private Party pull the upset and go against Logic there. So I'm going to take uh, Mark Quinn and company. Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, are right? you going for the Hardy Party? Oh, we're going for the Private Party. Da, na, 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 na. The Hardy Party. The You're Hardy Private party. party. That sounded dirty. <laughs> it did. It did. Uh, I'm sure he used the V1. Oh, man. Jesus. All right. We should probably get to the Great American Bash because uh, Fighter Fest is getting rated X. So we will move over to the NXT portion of Wednesdays. And Nestlemania, I don't know about you, but Dexter Loomis is fucking fascinating. Uh, Roddy Strong, who, uh, you know, you have uh, had a very strong opinion about having no opinion about him because he's boring. But I think the last couple weeks has been the best character work he's ever done. Uh, he's been afraid of Dexter Loomis. And uh, they're going to meet in a strap match. On Wednesday night. Are you really going to try to start from where we left off and say that we can't get X-rated with a strap match? I don't know who you know, but come on. Especially with a guy who's pretty much a voyeur. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What a transition. You're supposed to steer the ship. You just steered it right into the X-rated stuff already. I don't know why you're surprised. I mean, I'm a boat captain that likes danger. Yeah, I know, but you're also the person that's supposed to, you know right the wrongs in this program. Oh, well, that's and not a good like, idea. Then. Now, I, see a, I see a cliff. Let's just jump. That's, that's not that a was. good idea then. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, look, Dexter Loomis to me is uh, he's uh, somebody that's interesting, and I think when you're interesting in NXT, you get a lot more mileage out of it, and I think he's far more interesting than Roderick Strong. I think, again, yes, I know TJ gets a hard-on for the industry there, especially Roderick Strong and saying how good his character work is. And it is. It is good. But you can't tell me that you're more enticed by Roderick Strong than you are with Dexter Loomis. I think there's such a huge upside to Dexter Loomis because I feel like he makes people feel uneasy. And when characters make you feel uneasy, regardless of whether he's a babyface or a heel, that's money. So for me, I think there's a lot more money with Dexter Loomis. So I picked Dexter Loomis because I don't see him losing a lot, especially where he probably won't wrestle a lot. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. Uh, The pick is Loomis all day. Uh, Next up, we have... A number one contender match for the NXT Women's Championship. Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim. Uh, this is, should be a very fun match, uh, minus one participant. But uh, you know what, Nestlemania? 
I don't always go with my favorites because it doesn't work out. But in this one, I am. Give me my girl, Tegan Knox, to become the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Well, you heard it here, folks. G- uh, TJ would always say this to me. He'd say, look, NXT is the best wrestling on television. And he's right. But JC right there picked with his penis. He no, with my heart. Tegan Knox. Heart. We both love Your dogs. Your heart on. Your heart on. No, look, we both love yes, dogs. Don't go, don't go, don't go, You're keeping this rated X. I, I, I transition out of it, and you steered us back in. What is wrong with you, you hypocrite? Listen, listen. Wait, who, by the way, just out of curiosity, I'm totally going off the rails here. Well, who was the fourth person that you said was not good in this matchup? Was it Mia, Mia Yim? What gave it away? I don't know, because you love Tegan Knox. Dakota Kai is not terrible. and uh, Dakota Kai is one? very good, and Candice LeRae is fine. Yeah, so there you go. So clearly it had to be Mia Yim. There you go. Yeah, you're the one who steers the freaking Mia Yim sucks fucking tour bus, so. It's true. That it's was true. for you. Hong Kong, she's terrible. Hong Kong, she's sloppy. Yeah. There it is. Good character, Honk, but not a great wrestler. Folks. If you're in your car right now listening, honk if you think Mia Yim is terrible. <laughs> I just honk. There you go. I'm in my oh, car. Oh, Jesus. I am. Uh, look. And everybody's looking at me now. Whatever. I don't care. Mia Yim is terrible. Mia Yim is terrible. Old lady doesn't know what to think. Anyway, look. Uh, I'm going to go with Dakota Kai because quite frankly she cut a promo after she won last week with uh, What's-Her-Face, uh, Raquel, Raquel, whatever the hell her name is. Uh, and uh, she's uh, she's clearly going to be facing Io Shirai because why would she cut a promo like that if she wasn't already knowing that she was going to have her later on a couple weeks from now? So that's logic, Nestle style. What's there's really no logic. So there you go. Well, we'll see. Either way, I'm a big fan of both those women. Uh, but I hope Tegan wins, but I'll be fine with Dakota. Next up, we have a match that really has caught in my eye. Um, this has been a very interesting little uh, feud side story they've had going on. Rhea Ripley takes on Aaliyah and uh, Robert Stone in a handicap match. You really think Robert Stone is going to pin Rhea? No! Ripley's going to fucking annihilate him, and it's going to be fucking incredible. Okay, okay. So we both know that that's going to happen, but I don't care. But what? But what if Robert Stone pins Rhea Ripley? I mean, I think that'd be even more entertaining. See, either way, that's you're, what I'm either way you're selling this match. You're selling this match, I, WrestleMania. Look, as much as I love Rhea Ripley, and I think Aaliyah has a lot of upside. Like she's one of like she's like a hidden gem in my opinion. I agree. I I, I do not. I detest. I abhor Robert Stone. <laughs> Stone or whatever his name is as a person, <laughs> as a character, not terrible on television. But I think that there's such a slimy, like, he could win. And honestly, that that entices me more than if Rhea Ripley won or if Aaliyah won. I want to see Robert Stone get a pin because as much as I don't like him on my television, he's probably good for NXT. So you know what? That's what I would do. There you go, TJ. Didn't think I was going to do that. I, I'm surprised, too. I'm glad. I'm glad you're in on this because I'm very excited for this. Next up is another match I'm very excited for, and that is Io Shirai versus Sasha Banks in a non-title match. Nestlemania, you want to talk about great wrestling? This match should be the show stealer. I mean, it's got to be the main event, right? It has to be. It's the only thing that has any clout to it. So I would say Io Shirai has to win for some reason, maybe. But then again, Sasha Banks is on a roll. So... I feel like I have to do some crazy math equation. You know what? Give me Sasha Banks because I feel like non-title plus Sasha's on a roll plus can't lose till Extreme Rules. Io Shirai probably won't have to defend the championship until maybe after Extreme Rules. Give me Sasha Banks. 
You ready for this, Nestlemania? Schmaz! This match is gonna, that's why it won't be the main event, is because this is gonna be all schmaz. This might be kicking off the show or top of the hour. I think the other woman's match will be the main event, but this one screams schmaz. EO is gonna get the win, but I think Asuka's gonna show up on NXT and cost her. Wow! Yeah, there you go. Oh. Thinking outside the box, you know, have some non-essential personnel show up to the building, but it makes sense, because Asuka and uh, Sasha are fighting Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's title, so... And uh, I think EO would do a lot better for her to get the win, you know? It's a nice, nice win. So, uh, next Understood. up, we have the final match of tomorrow's show. Uh, Oni Lorkin tweeted about 8,000 times in all caps, give me uh, Tim Thatcher, and he got it. We have Oni Lorkin versus Timothy Thatcher. We haven't seen Thatcher since he defeated Riddle in uh, the cage match, and uh, he has been doing promos. But now, we are in for a fight, folks, and I'm excited for it, and I think Thatcher's obviously going to win, but I think this one is going to be bruising. Yeah, I don't think Oni Lorcan has any clout right now. I don't think he's on the same level as uh, Thatcher, and I think Thatcher's going to eat him alive, plain and simple. And you know what? It'll be a burn burner. It'll be a bloodbath, hopefully. It'll be kind of a physical thing that we all hope it to be. And Oni coming out from this area, he clearly can just handle himself, and I think Thatcher can handle himself. So, again, think of these guys maybe 15, 20 minutes. Let them just do what they got to do. I think it'll be a good match. I don't think it's something we're going to remember forever, but I think it'll be a good little match. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm in on it. I think, uh, honestly, I think I'm more excited for the matches on Great American Bash than Fighter Fest. What about you? I think that Fighter Fest just seems like a hodgepodge of shit. Like, I don't necessarily care. Like, I care about Jericho Orange Cassidy. I agree. But that's, that, that's week, the only right? one. So, yeah, that's the only one. So, I don't really care about anything else. Like, Orange Cassidy, if he wins, I'm going to lose my mind. But he's not. He's going he's gonna to get that close, but he's not. Uh, but everything else on, 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 I just, I just don't think AEW is doing a good enough job yet to entice me to consider anything of anything that they're doing right now. It means anything. Like it just feels pedestrian, I guess is the best way to say it. No. And I agree. Cause I mean, the, the world title feud, I think is shit. I'm just, I'm not into Brian Cage. Sorry. He hasn't done it. Hager contending for the TNT championship isn't interesting. And the tag titles, just, like, they mean nothing as Lana's Omega and Paige, as good as they are holding them. Like, get them on one of your real tag teams so that tag division can flourish. And I think that's why at least the Fire Fest card could transition us into better times. But I just think Great American Bash across the board, at least for this week, just has fucking a bunch of good matches that I'm excited for. I concur. All right. Well, uh, I got nothing else, so uh, take us home, unless you get anything else. Well, the one thing I do want to talk about, I haven't seen it as I was trying to look at Twitter while you were doing a long-winded talk about how great things are. Uh, NXT, apparently, NXT UK has an announcement coming up. Could be happening right now as we speak. My thought is, I hope that they're continuing tapings after what has transpired. I hope it's not the end of NXT UK, because quite frankly, I think the real deal Cox is an amazing job, and I don't want to lose him. I think he's amazing. Uh, but he's also the eyes and ears on what's good. And I do enjoy the British wrestling, so I hope that it continues in some form or fashion. I just did a quick check. There's still no news yet, so uh, it'll probably break immediately after we publish this, so people we know that uh, we missed it. But yeah, no, I, I, I would guess that it's going to continue in some capacity. Um, but yeah, I think they are. I think it'll be a closer time of uh, that they're going to get back to taping soon, which I, I agree. I think it's exciting because there's a lot of good talent over there that deserves a spotlight. All right. On that note, I believe you should enjoy Great American Bash. You might enjoy Fighter Fest. I know that I won't enjoy anything because I'm me. Anyway, for JC, this is Nestle Media saying we'll be back next week with more Jabberknockery.